Hi there, how's your week been? For me, it's been about research. Um, I'm doing my first photography talk with a photographer that's really well known in the British photography space. Um, he's known as like the godfather of black British photography. Um, and I've been trying to get to that level of being prepared enough, but without sounding like a robot. Also, I'm on week three of eating gluten-free. So I wanted to say thank you to the people that DM'd me with their favorite breads and pastas and everything. I really appreciate it. But the thing that I've spent the most time on this week, probably the past 10 days actually, is I've been preparing for this episode because I really see the podcast as a platform to share experiences, views, opinions, stories. If you're a regular listener to the Beauty Me podcast, you'll know that the past few episodes, two of them have been about beauty writer Jessica Defino. Also, if you know me at all in real life or on Instagram at sharice.kenyon, you will know that I am a major supporter of Jessica's work. I'm a big fan. I will share her work. I think she's a really refreshing voice in the beauty community. And so the past couple of episodes, one was about, you know, her finding her way as a writer, a beauty writer that isn't all about brands and is more about, you know, what can you, how can you allow the skin to do its job instead of throwing things at it and throwing money. She's been featured in Harper's Bazaar, Allure, like all the big magazines that you would expect quality beauty writing to be in. More recently, she was happy to announce that she had her first article in the New York Times. You know, it's the New York Times. It's a big deal. But unfortunately, I think that's the article that's getting her the most attention and probably for the worst reasons. As I said, she, Jessica has written some amazing pieces like about the skin microbiome. And she really educated me on what glitter is and how it's plastic and it's really not good for the environment. So just putting it out there, I'm a big supporter of Jessica Defino's work. However, I feel that her article in the New York Times entitled, Is This the End of the Manicure? has, I mean, the response it's got from the nail industry in the States, but also here in the UK, it's just been huge. I just wanted to give you a full disclosure. I have reached out to Jessica. I have, I reached out initially just to say, hey, are you okay? Because I can only imagine what it's like when, you know, the internet's coming for you and wants to cancel you. So I obviously I care about her as a human being and I've had her on my show. I just felt like I had to address this because it just doesn't make sense for me to promote those episodes and ignore this massive issue that's surrounding her work right now. I reached out to her because I noticed that the day the article went out, she turned the comments off on the post when she promoted it on Instagram. And for me, that was a bit of a warning sign. I, I think when you do that, perhaps you're aware that people aren't going to like it. Or you know what? Perhaps you don't care. Like you don't want the comments. You just want to be like, here's my work. I totally get that. But what happened was people just went and commented on her other posts. And I kept reading, I kept reading about, you know, misogyny and um, racism, not so subtle racism, um, criticizing her skill as a writer, 
criticizing lack of research, like the comments kept coming and coming. So having seen what's going on, I felt like I wanted to provide this episode as almost like a rebuttal to the article, not against Jessica, but just to kind of readdress things and like set things straight because I definitely feel that despite her talent and her wit and the work she puts in, I think this article has, I don't know, it's really fallen short on expressing opinions. I've been writing for about 15 years and I know, you know, you can look at me, I clearly don't get my nails done on a regular basis. That doesn't mean that I don't understand why somebody else would love getting their nails done, why a nail tech should be considered a creative. I'm aware of that. So if it had been me writing the article for the New York Times, I probably would have said I get my nails done about twice a year. And then I pick them off because I don't go back to the professional to get it removed. And I would have spoken to people that, yeah, they think that the manicure in the salon is dying down because they prefer to do it themselves. Or yeah, a brand has created a, a no manicure look. But I would also speak to people that really find community when they go to the nail salon. And I would speak to nail techs that really are proud of the relationship that they create with their clients, but also the sheer work they put in. Like somebody will mention later on in the episode that it's backbreaking work. So I wanted to create this episode to just give you some like snippets from what people are saying in the States, audio snippets of what people have sent me in the DMs. I, I reached out to several people. Some people couldn't comment, but they said I was welcome to grab content from their Instagram feeds. So yeah, it's just to show some balance in this argument because I don't think there was an argument. I think it was an opinion that's from someone that's not into getting their nails done and they ended up reflecting that in the article. So we're going to get into the different areas that were kind of missed out. Welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name's Sharice Kenyon and I've been writing about beauty for around 15 years. During that time, I've heard so many stories about how we approach beauty, our routines and the traditions that make us who we are. I wanted to create a space where I could discuss these rituals further with people from around the world. For me, it's all about beauty without the BS. I'm going to break down the key elements of the article as best as I can. Um, I'm going to try and address those with the various voice notes and videos that I've received. And this is just me trying to bring a new fresh take to this. And that's something I'm really trying to do with this podcast in general. Let's just get into the article itself. It's called, Is This the End of the Manicure? Journalism is dead. Journalism is dead. Journalism is dead. So the title itself, if that wasn't clickbait, I don't know what is. I don't know if Jessica wrote the headline. From my own experience working in newspapers and magazines, I would often write my own headline that might go up or the editor might have a completely different view or the editor might be somebody that wants a bit of clickbait attention because obviously the title itself is so triggering for people and clearly nail techs around the world took time out to read this article. The New York Times definitely got a lot of traffic even though they turned the comments off. Um, and by the way, the New York Times comments that's when you really get to see the readership because 
the racism in those comments on the New York Times is disgusting. And again, it seems to, to be that they're, they're not moderated. Let's start with a quote from the article. I sat down and talked to subjects about how they felt about their nails. And there was this emotional connection that I wasn't expecting, she said. The percentage of people that really, really enjoyed going to the salon and getting a manicure wasn't that high. For many, regular mani-pedis were more about compliance to beauty, Miss Shade found. And the long pause of the pandemic gave them permission to not have to comply with the standard. So that quote was said by Suzanne Shade, who's the founder of what Jessica calls the anti-manicure. It's called the Bare Hands Dry Gloss Manicure Kit. This statement might have made sense to Suzanne, but it clearly does not cut it with people that like getting their nails done. Many, many nail techs reached out to Nails by Mimi, who opened up her Instagram to kind of curate some Instagram live. So she would just pop on and say, who wants to come and talk to me? Does anyone else want to come on? And that statement about permission to not have to comply with the standards, I think even the responses I've got in my voice notes, people are like, what is she talking about? Yes, you know, we live in a patriarchal society and we're trying to break that down every day. But are we still, are we still really stuck thinking I must book a manicure this week in order to fit into society and what my, what men think of me? I think there was a real, okay, Miss Suzanne Shade, that's totally cool if that's what you think. But I've had so many people come to me saying, what do they think we're still shackled to the sink? Like, I want to do my nails because I think they look good. Nails by Mimi held an open forum, as I said, on her Instagram. And at the end of one of the lives, she said, I do. I think we're going to try to figure out how to get this like collective coalition, whatever you want to call it, thing going, because it just really seems like there has to be somebody who's going to have our back and who better to have our back than us. So we're going to have to figure out some kind of way to like put our money together and write a well-crafted, informative, truthful, factual article so that people will know what's really real. And it's going to come from nail professionals who do nails. I think what this article has shown with the misinformation in it, it's almost allowed people to really show Certain people show their true feelings that there's this image of getting your nails done as being tacky. Um, I just think it's a super negative image. It's clear from the response that Mimi got that it's at times like this, maybe general media is no longer serving us. Maybe it's time to create your own platforms. Also in the States, at the editorial nail on Instagram, took to IGTV to share her reasoning on why she no longer even speaks to journalists or publications anymore, which probably explains why she ignored my DM, which is fine. I did contact her to ask if she would give an additional comment, but to be fair, she's shared a lot on her Instagram. I think it's like a four minute video. I actually played a little um, snippet of her earlier. She's the one that says, Beauty journalism is dead. Um, Journalism is dead. She's really unimpressed with Jessica's decision to turn off the comments. And a lot of people have said that because if you are going to write an article about an industry, then surely you would be open to commentary from people in that industry. So, yeah, it's like, again, 
I'm a big fan of Jessica, but I'm just like, her decision to turn them off. I, you know what? I actually get it because social media can be really cruel and we know how social media affects our mental health. So in that respect, I do get it. She was probably protecting herself. But here we are. I'm recording this on the 16th of November. The article went out 11 days ago and there's been no response from Jessica. A key issue for many of the nail techs online, as well as the ones who checked in with me, was the actual lack of accuracy in some of the information in the article. For me, as a beauty journalist with limited knowledge of nails, even I knew that there was a glaringly obvious mistake in there. Rather than me reading out the um, paragraph that contains this inaccuracy, I thought I would use the Nailscape, um, also known as Ashley Gregory Hackett. She created, she wrote an article and also recorded an audio version of it because she was so disgusted. So listen to what she has to say about this inaccuracy when it comes to acrylic nails. The article actually says, quote, long nails are preferred and sometimes acrylic nails are glued on top of natural nails to achieve this effect. So this is not exactly an informed opinion we're dealing with here. Perhaps I'm sticking up for Jessica here. I'm guessing she confused acrylics with press-on nails. Um, But acrylics are created from a plastic paste that's smoothed onto the nail, allowed to dry. Once it's dry, the nail technician sculpts the acrylic into the client's desired shape. There's clearly skill involved there. Also, when it comes to the subject of hygiene, all of the nail techs I spoke with or encountered online said that you don't need um, acrylic nails or nail extensions or any kind of manicure to have dirty nails. You can have regular, normal, never get your nails done hands and they can be filthy. So I spoke to Meta Francis of At Nails by Mets. She sent me quite a few voice notes actually explaining that nail techs, when you are trained to the highest level, you can actually spot potential health issues within the nail. And you can actually, even though they're not doctors, they can recommend their clients to go and see a doctor. She was saying it's not just people with long nails that might be harboring dirt. And basically, she's just focused on the inaccuracies in the article again. Here's Meta talking about bacteria and long nails. For example, long nails can cause bacteria and dirt to fester etc um you know if the nail professional cuts the um cuticles and that can also cause infection and th- and you know talking about ingredients in nail polish now in my opinion and well from what's out there a lot of nail polishes are about 10 billion ingredients free now a lot of them don't contain things like formaldehyde or these sort of old school ingredients that were previously linked to cancer. So that point is really redundant in all honesty in the modern world of nails. Long nails harboring bacteria, well, of course they could if you don't wash your hands properly, but that's very much up to the individual to ensure that their levels of hygiene are high and that they're cleaning their nails underneath their nails, their fingers correctly. I mean, I could tell you that there are probably a million people out there who've got nothing on their nails 
and they're scraggly and disgusting. As well as preconceived notions of the types and styles of nails that regular manicure clients ask for and the perceived lack of skill, Bristol-based Nathan of At Buff Bar Bristol says that Jessica also made assumptions about nail techs and their clients. It's kind of talking to and from um, and maybe about women. Um, and obviously I'm not a woman um, and some of my clients are not women. Um, some of my clients are non-binary. Some of my clients are male. Some of my clients are trans. Um, so I think, again, there's just like, there's, it seems like there's a lack of understanding there. Like, the things that are being spoken about in this article don't necessarily apply to me and don't necessarily apply to my clients. So, I, I don't know, maybe, I, I think that maybe more research would have been, uh, would have been necessary. As well as lack of research, Nathan also mentioned lack of community, and a lack of history. He mentions how ancient Egyptians used nail colour and also pointed out that there's a whole wealth of history attached to nails and how different cultures and races have used them. I think it dates back to 5000 BC. So even that, coming from a journalist who is really well known for her research, that's clearly missing from the article. And Nathan says for him, it has a long, deep history and it's something that he wants to push out into the industry so that the industry as a whole is more aware of the history behind nails. Here's Nathan talking about why getting a manicure is not just a service. We're thinking about um, a manicure or going to uh, a nail bar or a salon as like, a thing where it's just like you're just going for a service where actually like a lot of my clients come to see me because they enjoy my company they ha it's like having a bit of time off for them they come to feel relaxed and to like chat shit with me you know <laughs> and to blow off a bit of steam and like just yeah just like to feel comfy and I think that's one of the most important things um, and it's something that I really pride myself on is that I like really take my time, I don't rush um, and I just try to make sure that my clients are as comfortable as possible and I think that's a, that's a thing that like really, yeah, is important for me. It's not just about coming to get your nails done, it's about the whole experience which I think is being lost a little bit in the article. One thing that really annoyed a lot of people was the reference to compliance. I think I mentioned that earlier. Several of the nail techs that I spoke with said that it was just really old fashioned um, and that people getting their nails done today is the same as coloring their hair or choosing a particular outfit to wear. So I've had several people saying, okay, so we're not going to get nails done anymore. Eventually, will we stop wearing lipstick? Will we stop washing our faces? Like, where does it end? Whatever happened to if I want to get my nails done, I want to get my nails done. That, that's it. It's just, it's just my way of expressing myself. There are elements in the article that are really trying to hammer home that nobody's going to the salon anymore. Nobody's interested in getting their nails anymore. But again, you'll hear a snippet here from at Nails by Metz, Meta. And she's saying the article just does not make sense because for her, demand has never been higher. So here she is talking about what else that appointment gives that person 
it's actually a really big feel-good factor and having that regular contact with somebody every two to three weeks is almost like a form of therapy you are inviting somebody into your home because as i said i'm mobile so i'm going to visit people in their home and it's actually quite an intimate time you're holding somebody's hand during the treatment um you know you're sort of skin to skin or at the moment skin to glove um and you know you take the time with that person you get to know that person it almost becomes a session where they can release they can be truthful they can tell you how their day's been you know they people really share a lot with you it's not just a in and out okay here's your money here's your nails it's not transactional like that at least not for myself and for a lot of my peers over here I think if there's anything the pandemic showed us, it actually showed us the importance of human interaction, human contact, um, being around other people. And having these regular manicure sessions takes that isolation and that feeling of loneliness away from somebody. And um, honestly, that's why I, I don't think it's the death of the manicure at all. For UK-based Lauren Jones of Lady Dot Luck Nails, there are, again, lots of inaccuracies in the article. She feels the main premise of the article, the entire article, was purely Jessica's opinion as somebody who does not get manicures. And she chose to back it up by opinions from, I think it's three or four other women who prefer to go natural or are building brands around, you know, going more natural, but not actual facts. In the article, it says some former polished devotees are opting to go without and noticing naturally beautiful nails as a result. Several of the people I spoke to were like, if you get your nails done regularly, you would notice an improvement and your nails would get healthier. If you're going to, I think a lot of people refer to them as chop shops, particularly in the States, but if you're going to somewhere that's only charging you, you know, a very minimal amount for your manicure, then yeah, maybe they're not trained as well. Maybe they are causing some harm to your nails. But if you're going to a quality nail technician, your nails are going to look better anyway. It's not merely the fact of you being at home and not doing your nails anymore. So I, I think the point is, yeah, you might notice healthier looking nails at home, but you may well notice healthier looking nails if you go to a salon when I have had my nails done on those rare occasions, it's not just about slapping on some color. It's about taking care of the skin. It's about educating the client on how to take care of their cuticles and have softer skin. And it's also about paying attention to your hands more. So Lauren here of at Lady.LuckNails wants to talk about, again, how having a manicure is not just a service. You know, having a manicure isn't just having a manicure for a lot of people. Um, it's therapy, it's self-care, it's time out, um, it's cultural. And I think she's really missed the mark with, with not kind of bringing that side to it. Um, I know for me, uh, since after lockdown, I've had a lot more new clients. My regular clients have returned, so I haven't really um, seen... Um, an impact like she's talking about and I feel like for me and for most um, decent nail techs our main focus is you know your nail health no matter what what you're having done 
um, using the highest quality products, doing it well, will result in you having nice strong nails underneath. Um, and a lot of my clients uh, are in fact natural nail clients and, and we go from them being nail biters, um, you know, using their their skin around their fingers and their nails as a way to ease anxiety. And once we've, um, you know, built up a, a, a bit of a better nail, um, something that looks nicer, it actually eases all that for them. So I feel like saying that it's not healthy um, and it's, it's creating unhealthy nails is, is again, not factually correct at all um, in my eyes. As Lauren mentioned, there's definitely an aspect of therapy for some people when it comes to getting their nails done. Therapy is a word I've heard used so often through lockdown when it comes to beauty, when it comes to makeup, taking care of our hair. I guess it's a more reliable word than perhaps self-care, which is bandied about everywhere. But so many people mentioned the aspect of therapy. A former guest of mine, Iman Ogundiko, who was studying for her master's during lockdown, ended up deciding to teach herself to do her own nails at home purely because she loved getting her nails done. She wanted a distraction and something else to focus on other than her work. Here, Iman shares just why she decided to teach herself to do her own nails. I'm someone that has always loved having my nails done. Um, I think part of that comes from the fact that I grew up in a household where I couldn't paint my nails. I wasn't allowed to wear nail polish. And so as soon as I left the house, that was one of the first things that I did. And um, for me, it's just been something that is just, it's part of me. I love having my nails done. And I think I can't remember a time in the last maybe like five to 10 years where my nails have not been done. Um, and during lockdown, I uh, have been, really been um, taking the time to learn how to do nail art and more um, just creative designs, something other than um, a plain color. And for me, that's been very therapeutic and something to keep my brain busy and stay creative. And yeah, I just love it. Um, but I do see myself going back to the salon once they open because I'm still learning. So I think, um, if I wanted to get something more intricate done, I would definitely go back. But also I really love getting pedicures. I don't get them that often, but I love going to get them done. I think it's super relaxing and I love, um, having a foot massage and just the experience. I, I just really love it. It's like a treat for me. Just for the record, a lot of nail techs mentioned people doing their nails at home and they did say a lot of people are buying cheap kits on Amazon, probably damaging their nails. I just want to acknowledge that, but I felt I should mention them on because to me, it still echoes that people want to get their nails done and it is a form of therapy and it's self-care. So Perhaps there are people like Amon doing their own thing and perhaps, you know, not doing it perfectly, not doing correctly, but they're not doing it to replace their nail tech. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I wanted to include Amon's opinion because it's, this is not a one-dimensional discussion. Over on Instagram, I'll be sharing a little video that Amon created and I actually found it really relaxing to watch. There's no sound on it. It's just Iman doing her nails. So 
once this episode's up, I'll definitely be sharing that on Beauty Me Podcasts IGTV. Just going to take it back to Nails by Met now, Meta Francis. She talks about, well, she sent me another voice note talking about how the rhetoric of the article seems to look down upon the skill and talent that is involved in nail art. And she also points that even the most simple looking nails that we'll see in all the glossy magazines, they actually require a lot more skill. Creating a clean, beautiful, natural looking manicure, similar to the nail looks that session manicurists create on set for the likes of Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, is actually one of the most difficult looks to create. So that actually involves a lot of skill to be able to make say a hand model or a model's nails and hands look perfect it's not something that anybody just anybody can do on a personal note because you know i'm someone like i said at the beginning of this episode i don't i don't get my nails done i probably get them done twice a year when i think oh my gosh i should tidy up my nails or just Go and even have that element of someone else taking care of my hands for a little bit. But for me, a key thing that stood out as a journalist was that clearly the New York Times is not what it used to be. I remember really looking forward to reading the newspaper, especially when I'd be visiting like my best friend in New York. I thought it was such a quality read from front to back. There were so many stories in there. It was well written. But lately, it's from this article, it seems like it's turned into a bit more of a Daily Mail type of newspaper with sensationalist headlines and clickbait social media posts. I'm wondering if it was the allure of the old New York Times that got Jessica excited to write about, write for the newspaper, because she was excited about it. I remember when she shared it saying, you know, I manifested this. I don't think she manifested the backlash, but, you know, maybe the editors at the New York Times had a pretty heavy hand when it came to editing or even deciding the headline. I don't know. And we're not going to know until Jessica makes some kind of response. But for me, this didn't feel like a Jessica DeFino article. I could be very wrong. I don't think it's even as long as her articles. If you've ever read any of her work, it's really long. It's really well investigated. So for me, there's something clearly missing here. I'm wondering if it is the New York Times itself, because just a few days ago, their fashion account at NY Times Fashion posted the article. They didn't tag Jessica as a writer, which is definitely weird because you always credit a writer. I'm guessing Jessica asked them not to credit her or to tag her. There are so many comments on that post now. Again, misogyny, racism, etc, etc. So many comments saying that Jessica is cancelled, the New York Times is cancelled, people are cancelling their subscriptions. And I'm just like, nobody is actually replying to these comments on the at NY Times fashion account. So it just makes me think they just want the attention. Nobody's buying the paper, but let's try and boost our Instagram account interactions. I don't know. Again, until they say something, it seems to me that they're just enjoying the conversation in the comments. And they're not protecting Jessica, but they're also not actually addressing people's valid comments so somebody clearly needs to respond to this for me that's why I created this episode this is my response and my response is purely about I want to share more than the article shared even though I don't get my nails done as I've mentioned several times I actually have an amazing nail tech 
who is set up across the road from me. Her name is Shanique Dawkins, and she's also a former guest on Beauty Me podcast. And I thought, you know, this is what you do when you go to the people that you know. Like, I'm wondering if Jessica knew anybody herself that did nails and knew the impact that it had. So I had to ask Shanique for her thoughts. And um, yeah, she's she's got a, quite a few things to say. You can actually find Shanique on Instagram at hardasnails.studio. I think with the nail industry, I feel like we're always at the bottom of the barrel and we're always having to prove and fight for our spot in the beauty industry. And it just is getting incredibly frustrating because we rightly so should be at the top with the rest of the people, hair, makeup, etc. I think people took for granted as well um, how good a manicure makes you feel. Um, I don't believe that manicures are part of society's beauty standard. I actually think that is quite an old-fashioned and masculine stereotype because to me, a manicure is a form of identity, expressing yourself through colour and design, just like you would with clothing, um, accessories and hair. And especially in a time like this, when you can literally barely walk outside your front door without having to wear a mask, um, it just gives it... I know that like a lot of professionals and customers within the nail industry would agree that both women and men are using manicures as a form of identity. So what do you think? For me, this episode does not offer a definitive answer. It's a platform, like I mentioned earlier, to get the conversations out there. For everyone that said yes to being involved, I also had plenty of no's, people that did not want to get involved. And of course, there are thousands of other nail techs out there who have something to say. If you've got anything to add to the discussion, please feel free to DM me at Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram. I will be posting several posts around this article. I'd really love to know what you think. You're, you know, you're my audience. You are the ones that kind of govern the content that I am creating. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Take a minute to like, subscribe, perhaps share the episode with someone that you think will be interested. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast, or you can follow my personal account, which is at Sharice.Kenyon. Feel free to slide into the DMs with any feedback or suggestions for future guests. And I'll see you next week.